I guess paperwork uh, or bureaucracy uh, was something that was uh, on my mind a lot because uh, people had spoken so frequently about um, buying a house being like the mo- one of the most stressful events in your life along with like having a child or something like that. Okay. And so I, I kind of went into it with that anecdote in my head. Yeah, like you were ready to you were ready to go to war on this thing. Okay, I was ready to go to war. Yeah, exactly. And I was trying to well, what's the threat? Okay, I mean, I guess there's the money, but then if, I mean, aside from the money, what what is it? You know, and uh, so I kept thinking, well, like, oh, if you sign the wrong form or you write, you know, take off the wrong box, then your life is over or something. Okay. Uh, so that was probably one of my biggest concerns at the time. You're listening to Realtor in Your Pocket podcast. Do you want to head start on buying, selling, or renting in Ottawa? You're in the right place. Every episode brings you great advice and insight that you can keep in your back pocket until you make your move. And now, here's your host, Nick Funditis. That clip you just heard was from Joel Karwatsky. Joel and his family were clients of mine when they bought their first home, and I'm lucky to have become friends with Joel since that time. You're listening to Realtor in Your Pocket, Ottawa real estate and advice, and today on the podcast, I'm interviewing Joel about his home buying experience. In particular, we'll talk about what it's like to buy a home when the market changes and shifts during your search. I'm Nick Funditis, and as well as hosting, I'm a realtor at Royal LePage Performance Realty in Ottawa, Ontario, Canada. Realtor in Your Pocket is a podcast dedicated to homes home buyers and sellers in Ontario. Each episode, I'll cover a topic that explains how something in my industry works, done in such a way that gives you the edge when buying or selling your home. Enjoy the show, and if you know someone who could use a realtor in their pocket for advice, share it with them. A five-star review on iTunes never hurts either, and you can subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Enjoy the show. Um, so I'm on the podcast today with, uh, with my friend Joel Karwatsky, and Joel and I know each other. Uh, we first met as a client. I actually met his um, his wife at an open house in Sandy Hill years ago. How many years ago were you guys looking? Four. Four, yeah. Three and a half, four. Yeah. So we met in an open house and then uh, met Joel, you know, as part of that home search. And we've stayed in touch. We actually get along great. But Joel had the interesting experience. And the reason I've asked him on today of searching during a really changing market. And that's something that we're seeing again now. So this is why I've asked him on. So Joel, thanks for coming on today. Oh, my pleasure. So the first first question I want to ask you is when you were looking for a, for your first home, what kind of things were you concerned about as a buyer? What kind of things, you know, not, not necessarily worried about, but what kind of things did you want to make sure you got right? Oh, uh, that's a good question. Uh, I'm trying to uh, think back to that time. I mean, I guess paperwork uh, or bureaucracy uh, was something that was uh, on my mind a lot because people had spoken so frequently about buying a house being like the one of the most stressful events in your life along with like having a child or something like that. Okay. And so I kind of went into it with that anecdote in my head. Yeah. Like you were ready to, you were ready to go to war on this thing. Okay. I was ready to go to war. Yeah, exactly. And I was trying to, well, what's the threat? Okay. I mean, I guess there's the money, but then if, 
I mean, aside from the money, what, what is it, you know? And uh, so I kept thinking, well, like, oh, if you sign the wrong form or you write, you know, take off the wrong box, then your life is over or something. Okay. Uh, so that was probably one of my biggest concerns at the time. Okay. And then when you actually got on the search, what kind of issues did you run into? We, we talked about one just before we started. And yeah. uh, so you did have some interesting stories from the search. Yeah, actually. So I, I, I want to uh, um, preface this uh, with uh, the statement that it actually wasn't that bad oh. <laughs> at all. Uh, perhaps thanks to, to you as, as my real estate agent at the time, but it wasn't that bad. And we're still friends a few years later, so it must have turned out okay. Yeah, so it was okay. Everything was fine. Um, but yeah, they, it actually was, there was quite a diversity of unexpected problems. Uh, that's what you asked, right? Like what things yeah. ended up being a problem. Yeah. Um, yeah, unexpectedly um, in a final uh, uh, inspection, one of the houses, there was something that wasn't disclosed where the uh, floor, uh, the, uh, that, as seen from the basement, so like yeah. the main floor as seen from the basement was incredibly charred by a serious fire and that this had been hidden the first time around ostensibly because uh, the basement was too full to walk into, you know, so, you know, yeah. and then we eventually realized it wasn't, they filled it on purpose so that we couldn't see that uh, the, the, the floor was so charred that I believe the inspector had a pencil and could stick his pencil half an inch into the wood with no, yeah, cause it was just, it was just burned into like, how that living room was still holding up was was really surprising to me. The we went, yeah, we went into that house twice. So the first time we went in there was for a showing. We thought it was good. You guys were ready. Had, had you made an offer already, or had we done an offer in or an inspection in anticipation of an offer? I can't remember. We had a home inspector in there though, where and I just I was so I was so embarrassed that an inspector walked in here, and this was not something we'd seen on the first time, but really like they had put stuff in the way of being able to see this. And there had been an, a fire at some point in that life of this house in the basement that burned the ceiling above. And, if you, and like, yeah, it was, it was ridiculous. It was, it's a story that I still, when I talk to new clients, this is one of like about three or four stories. Yeah. That I always have to say, this is the kind of weird thing that can come up. Yeah. yeah. The other, what, was, what was good is that despite this kind of like serious issue, it ended up being a non-issue because of the way the system works. It was actually comforting because like I was really fearful as I was saying like, oh, if I tick the wrong box, my life is over. But then it turned out there's so many protections Yeah. that like this happened and it was like, okay, so, you know, we don't, we're not committed to the house and we just walked away. Yeah. And then the other one was more of a legal, like was more of a legal issue. And that one was like, it was way less serious. It was just one of those things where, you know, the lawyer, the lawyer steps in and gives his opinion on something. And that's exactly why you hire a lawyer. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So it was, but, but, tell, but, tell a little bit about that one. Yeah, that was, that was interesting. That was, um, another, it was, in, it was a house in Wellington West. I think that's what the yeah, area it was right was. off of Island Park. It was off of Island Park. Yeah. Exactly. And, um, it had an easement, which I didn't know what, what, what that was at the time, but it's an, a region where I guess the city has certain rights to the land, a certain amount of rights to, I guess, normally easements involve 
a little bit of land in front of your house if they need to, I guess, put parking signs. That often involves utilities and things like that. And it's not always the city, but the city is the most common one to have an easement. Ah, Okay, thank you. Um, In this case, I think you had seen the easement details and they seemed a little bit circumspect to you, something you you were not as familiar with. Right. So you recommended contacting a lawyer, uh, which we did, and uh, and it was lawyer, actually I think Eli Udell, right? Yeah, I think was, that's right. He was, that's he was the first person we interviewed on this podcast, actually. So. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's really interesting. Oh, I should hear that episode. Um, and, and he went to um, summer camp with my wife. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, um, so uh, that was, but the reason, and you were, you were right to to notice something a little different. It was that it was I would say about a third of the lot was in fact an easement, uh, if not more. And because there was some sort of drainage pipe under the land and uh, the lawyer, Eli, you said was his name? Yeah. Uh, I, he actually, I think he had 14 reasons why we shouldn't buy the house. And he said any one of them should be enough not to buy the house. And essentially, um, the city just had full rights over this giant chunk of the land, if and if they needed to do anything, anytime they could, they could do it. Yeah, so yeah, they could and, show up one day and say, "Hey, we need to dig out what is basically all of your driveway and your garage." Yeah, um, the, you know, if we decide we want to keep this land, we kind of can, yeah. and you probably won't be able to build a garage again, even if we even yeah. if we pave it back over. So, like, there goes <laughs> there goes your garage. And, and, and and I and as a result, you have, we were renting this region of the land as yes. we would have been renting, and they could have changed the cost of the rent, yeah. uh, and we would have no say in the matter. You know. So, anyways, we 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 didn't go for it. We dropped. We did not go through with the deal because of that. It was, but it was a weird, a weird little thing. Yeah. So, but the, in the end, the property that you actually bought in the Civic Hospital area was when the market was starting to accelerate. So since then, we've seen another acceleration. So this is relevant again, and now a big change with uh, COVID-19, obviously. So one of the things that I remember was the original negotiations on your current place, they weren't getting anywhere. Like we, we negotiated on your current price. They were really digging in their heels. It was one of those situations that a lot of people get in. I have, I have buyers in a very situation, similar situation today where it just gets frustrating. You're, you're kind of like, as a buyer, aren't you kind of in your head saying like, do these guys not understand that their house has been sitting on the market for a while and it's just not yeah. worth this much. <laughs> it, yeah, it was so, very weird. Yeah. So, so tell a little bit about how all that went and then the one on Holland and then your place. Right. So, um, so, well, it was, it's almost like what you said, it was pretty black and white. Um, we placed an offer on the house uh, and it was like a reasonable um, percentage lower, some sort of generic, I don't know, 10% less or 5% less. I, yeah. I don't remember anymore. And, the and it was backed offer, up by market stats. Like we looked around and we said, okay, for a semi in this spot with this size, this is, this is about what it should be worth. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And that, I think at the, at the time the house was, over, we felt it was overvalued by maybe 5% or something. Sure. So we countered by 5 to 8%. And their their counter offer, I think, went down by like a hundred dollars or a thousand dollars or none. I think initially there was zero. Yes, one of their counters was no dollars. <laughs> no dollars. So I was like, oh well, that's that's unexpected. I think we stepped away. I, if I we did I step away, yeah. and there was the one came up on Holland. We thought, you know what, this is nearby. It's on Holland, which is a little bit busier, but right. um, but you know, it looks pretty good. So yeah. 
Yeah, it was great. It was right. It was like Holland, which was a little bit busier, but it was a beautiful neighborhood. And the place was, you know, in, uh, looked great. It presented great. So we, uh, and we were, we really like, were um, interested in buying. So I think we bid above the asking by a certain amount. You did. And I, and I, I looked it up because I, I, re- I wanted to remember like the conversation that we had and it was the conversation went something, I think it was listed at five Oh five or five fifteen. And I think if, if I can say this on, on here, I think you guys went over like 15 or something, which was a really solid, like you're at 530 or something, which is a really solid offer. Mm-hmm. Like at the time, like in the current market, when we started out, that was a good competitive offer. And I think there were, there were over 10 offers on that property. And I remember being out in the, in the evening, you know, out in the evening with the other realtors who are all getting cattle called to go like one at a time to go in and present our offer to the seller. So I presented our offer. They were very polite. I think it was the first or second person to go. So they seemed like, oh, great. We got an offer above asking price. This is excellent. Um, and then, and then I went out and then eventually everybody gets sent home and then you get the, they announced the results. Oh no, they announced the results out there and they told us the sale price and the sale price was, um, I remember the, the sale. Do you remember the sale price? I think it was I'm six. Pretty sure it was seven twenty-five. Seven twenty-five. Okay. It was well, whatever, it, whatever, it whatever it was. It was over. It was a, over a hundred. Over maybe six. Maybe what you, six. What, what you guys had. What you guys had. What you guys had offered. And the it was the, one of the very first instances that I remember where the market had changed that somebody had just taken a huge swing like that. Like that was a, that was a, an offer that was talked about in our offices the next day. I said, did you hear how much that one on Holland went for? Yeah. And it was on Holland, which is, you know, a relatively busy street. It was unexpected uh, for it to go that high. And I remember I had the conversation with you on the phone. I said, you know, you guys put in a strong bid, but it went for six thirty. you know, it was higher than you guys were going to go anyways. And then and then you said, oh, yeah, we weren't going to go that high anyways. It was a very calm conversation. I got off the phone. Then I kind of heard what I had said. And I checked with the realtor and said, oh, she had said 630, which was 100 something over what you had offered. And I went back and I said, hey, what I kind of heard that I said to you was, was 630. And I verified that number is correct. But you, like we probably heard 530, which was just a little bit above what you had right. offered. So it was a hundred something over, not just like five or 10 yeah. over what you had offered. And you're like, oh yeah, <laughs> holy <laughs> crap. <laughs> yeah, it was crazy. And, and it was the next day, Nick, I think. So that happened and I ruminated that on, on that, maybe over, you know, in, my, in the, my sleep. And I woke up the next morning. I remember talking to my wife and I, and I said, oh, well, the house that we had bid on also in the civic area where the owners weren't budging yeah. that all of a sudden becomes a, a fantastic deal because it, it was one and a half blocks from the one that we lost for a hundred thousand dollars. It was, it was off of Holland. And I would say housewise, like the yards was a little smaller, but housewise it was a better house. <laughs> yeah. It was a better house. Yeah. And so, and so I was like, Oh, well maybe someone else or the, the other agents in the neighborhood are going to realize this. And so it was that day at some point I called you and I said, you know, just, Give them what they want. Give them what yeah. they want because it's still a deal now. Yeah. And and a few years later, like seeing what has happened in the, in your neighborhood, now it really does seem like a deal because like what's what's gone on in the in the market since then. 
Uh, but credit to you guys, like to you and Debbie, because not everybody would go back and do that because they would have been kind of annoyed by their previous interaction with the seller who didn't want to budge. And you yeah. kind of stand on pride a little bit and say, well, I'm not going to go back and deal with these jerks. But you right. guys said, hey, you know what? This is this is sift, shifting sands. We're gonna we're gonna roll <laughs> with the with what's happening here, and and go make our move before anybody else figures out that this one around the corner we can actually have for less than we would have had to pay for the for the one on the busy street. So yeah, you guys did a really good job on that one. Yeah, you hit the nail on the head. That was my exact thinking. I was like, oh, things are changing fast. We got to act fast. Yeah, I, th I think when we got on the phone the next day. You were kind of like, I think we have to go offer on, you know, on the place you're on now. And I said, I was, I was thinking we might have to do that. <laughs> that was going to be my recommendation today. Um, and then my last question was, was there any hesitation to offer on your place, knowing that you were giving the seller a higher offer than you had originally decided to settle on? But you've already answered that. You said like, no, that's, that simply was the reality. Like you guys were, you guys were ready to deal with what the, the market is the market. Like, and it doesn't always, it doesn't always fit what you want it to yeah. be. And, um, and I think your situation is a really good lesson to, uh, to people who are out there maybe buying their first house or, or even people who just like bought their house in a different market, like in a more stable market. And now when, when this, in the current situation where the sellers have a fair bit of power, you, you've got to kind of roll with the punches a bit. Yeah. It's yeah. too bad, but yeah. I mean, that's the way it is. But, but in the end, you have a fantastic house in a nice spot. So Yeah, yeah. I couldn't be happier. And in fact, uh, just to take a moment, like I, I frequently am sitting in my house and I can't believe I live in this house. Like I never <laughs> in my life, it feels like a mansion. It's not that big for the, whoever is watching or listening to this podcast. It is not a mansion. But to me, it feels like a mansion. So I'm very That's happy. That's good. That makes that makes me very happy. <laughs> a few years later, you're still loving the place. Well, and 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 Debbie likes it too. Oh, we're both equally happy. We're very happy. Good, good, good. Well, and and you and you even have some during coronavirus. You even have some room to have some relatives in with you, Stan. So that's good. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. great. Wonderful. Yeah. Cool. Uh, that's all. The, that's all the questions on the real estate side. So thank you very much for coming on the show. I really appreciate it, Joel. Uh, my pleasure, and it's a lot of fun actually. Thanks. <laughs> That's the show for episode four. On upcoming episodes, I'll be talking about practical steps for getting your holds home sold with a minimum of stress in a seller series. If you know someone who's thinking of making a move soon, share this podcast with them. It's available in video form on YouTube, audio on iTunes, and wherever else you get your podcasts. I also post regularly at my site at nickfunditis.ca where I go deep into advice on how to buy or sell a home. You can shoot me an email at nick at nickfunditis.ca and I will always take time to respond to your questions about real estate or ideas for future episodes. I'd love a five-star review on iTunes since that helps others to find me. A big thanks to Joel for coming on the show today and a big thanks also to my wonderful marketing, marketing admin, Stephanie Ross, who helps produce and promote the show. She helps to keep me on schedule and make sure that our listeners can find us. Thank you for listening and subscribing. I hope that wherever you are, you're staying home, staying healthy, and staying safe. This has been Realtor in Your Pocket Podcast, and I'm Nick Funditis.